Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how you doing? Doing quite well, Scott. How are you? Out doing outstanding. It's a big day, big show today, Greg. Yeah. We welcome back one of our all-time faves, but for his first live discussion with us here on Supply Chain Now. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, we've pre-recorded before, haven't we? That's right. Have yeah. we ever shown his face? I mean, were they video <laughs> episodes before? That's a great question. Because, you know, I know the, the first one probably was not because right. I don't think we were even doing video yet. Then. I think the second and potentially the third one, I'm not sure uh, he had two or three episodes with us, but the second or third one was, was certainly video, but not live. But who we're talking about, Greg, of course, is Rick McDonald, Chief yeah. Supply Chain Officer with the Clorox Company, is here with us today. It just doesn't get too much better than this, right? Yeah. I mean, if anyone's ever listened to any of the episodes with Rick, they already know what an incredibly inspirational leader he is, has done the done the doing and now is leading the doing and and you know he shared with us a lot about the culture of clorox which a lot of folks will get to hear shortly plus and i don't want to distract people the best do in supply chain is my opinion <laughs> cool coolest looking guy in supply chain without a question so and i hear he could still handle the hot corner on a baseball diamond greg yeah so catcher in in college we should let him was it catcher him, i lost third base yes yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it may have been both at one point, but uh, well, he'll have to share a story or two, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, uh, unquestionable. Well, I mean, Georgia Tech had it. I think they still have a pretty good ball team, but they had an incredible ball team when he was playing there. So, man. he's a legit player. Let's ask him if he. Let's ask him what his batting <laughs> average was too, though. Let's do that. Triple threat, but. Not taking anything away, I'll tell you, it's amazing what Rick and the Clorox team have been doing over the last few years in particular. And we're going to talk about that, get some of his insights, hear what's new at Clorox organizationally and beyond. So, and better yet, we want to hear from you. So drop your comments in the stream based on what, you know, how the conversation is going. We'll share as many of those as we can get to. All right. So Rick's joining us in just a couple minutes. Before he does, Greg, let's share yes, a couple quick events. Right. We've got other learning opportunities for folks. Got a neat webinar coming up on August 2nd. Three ways to stay afloat through the supply chain crisis, a distributor story with our friends at Enable. So join us that. The link to join is in the comments. And on August 10th, sustainability and profitability, the ripple effect of shipping less air. How about that? Ever ship air, Greg? It's no fun, is it? Uh, no, we hated it, you know, back in the day, but it's inevitable for some you know, in some cases, but you know, it, this is, this story is going to be one of those that confirms that sustainability doesn't have to cost more. It can actually save you. Yes. Right. That's right. So join us on August 2nd and August 10th. For those, you'll find a link to that in the comments, but with no further ado though, Greg, we have been really looking forward to today's conversation, reconnecting with the one and only Rick McDonald, senior vice president and chief supply chain officer for the Clorox company. 
Hey, hey, Rick, how are you doing? Scott, I'm doing great. And it's uh, terrific to be back with you and Greg again. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the session today. I heard some of your comments on the baseball. I'd really rather talk to you about my fielding percentage than my bag average. But you know, a, a kind of a fun story about my time playing at Tech was uh, we got asked one day by the coach if any of us didn't have class in the afternoon, if we wanted to go to the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, this before Turner Field, right? And be extras in a movie. And we're like, yeah, we all, we all want to be movie stars. And so uh, we went down there. We really didn't know what we were getting into. It turns out it was a Burt Reynolds movie called Sharky's Machine. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. There, there are a couple of scenes at Atlanta Fulton County stadium where the Texans are trying to figure out this murder mystery. And we are the extras in the background. You can see and hear a couple of my teammates really clearly. I was over at first base that day and I'm just sort of this, you know, blob running around in the, uh, in the short outfield there. So I know who I am, but you wouldn't be able to recognize me. But it was a, it was a really fun day to see how they made the, made that part of the movie at the stadium. Oh, that That's is awesome. awesome. Probably the best $21 you ever earned, right? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get paid, Greg. That'd be in violation of NCAA rules. Uh, oh, of course. Well, it would have been then, right? For sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now you could get credit for the, for the movie. So we like the name, yeah. If we had name image likeness rights at that point in time, who knows? Man, yeah, right. Good old well, I'm glad we didn't because we need you in supply chain. And with what these kids are making these days, they may never have to get a job. <laughs> well, that's not right. That's well, Rick, right. one final baseball question, then we're going to say hello to a few folks and then move into our interview here today. But Rick, was it catcher or third base? Catcher and first base. First base. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So never played the hot corner, but uh, mostly caught and then uh, got thrown at first base every now and then. Greg's Who, always right. Greg, you're always Who threw right. The best? Yeah, Who threw the best curveball you ever caught? Just out of curiosity. Oh, that I ever caught. Yeah, not, not the best one you ever missed with the bat. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of those. The best one I ever caught, a guy that played for us by the name of Eric Perry. He was a left-hander, and he had this great 12-6 to curveball. It was just, it was a nasty pitch. Now, the best one I ever missed came from Jimmy Key, who played a long time in the major leagues. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Uh, played with the Yankees, World yes. Champion. He played for Clemson. When yes. Tech and just unhittable. Yes. Wow. He was a big part. I want to say after the Yankees, he joined the Blue Jays, I want to say, and, and, and matched up against the Braves in the, in the early 90s World Series, 92, I think. We're going to we're gonna have to have a, a real deep baseball conversation. But today, Rick, we want to talk about supply chain and leadership and a lot more. But really, first, I want to make sure we say hello to a few folks. Big thanks to Amanda Chantel and Catherine, all the folks on the production team helping to make it happen today. Hey, Dr. Rhonda, one of our, our also one of our favorites, tuned in from Arizona. Big thanks, on Dr. PTO, Rhonda. If I remember correctly, I think you might be right. I think you I might think be right. She might be doing this on a Rick. That's how much she wants to hear you, Rick. <laughs> we all yeah, want to hear Rick. But yeah, big shout out to Dr. Rhonda. We've got a big veterans initiative coming up, and she's volunteering her time there. So thank you for that, Dr. Rhonda. Shelly Phillips is back with us. Shelly, good morning to you. Great to have you back. Joey just Joey says, just went to the local minor league Minnesota baseball game last night with his colleagues. Fun fact, he struck out Joe Mauer, a legendary twins catcher, in seven Wow. Grade. How about that? Nice. Nice. Wow. Impressive. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hook up with Joey and and we'll, for that baseball episode, uh, sometime soon. All right. So you can't talk baseball, Greg and Rick, without thinking food, right? That's one of the first things that yeah. comes to my mind. So Rick, you know, we're hard to believe, but halfway through July, it's like prime grilling season, even though it can be kind of warm. 
down here in the Atlanta area. A lot of folks, Rick, may not know that you're quite the culinary enthusiast and have been known to grill quite the meal. So with that said, I'd love for you to share one of your favorite recent meals, whether it's been at home or out on the road. Yeah, this this is one that I'll prepare really any season, but we've done it a couple times this summer. It's basically a grill bake. Normally people would call the seafood boil. We don't do the boil, but it's uh, it's shrimp, it's crab legs, it's andouille sausage, it's regular mm -hmm. sausage, it's little new potatoes, and then corn cut in half. And you start with the corn and the potatoes, boiling them and getting them tender. Then you throw everything on a, a black stone or whatever you have for your grill. What I like to do is I like to mix all that with unsalted butter, Old Bay, some garlic, and every now and then some paprika if you want a little bit more smoky. Mix all that up and uh, and let the shrimp go, and it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic fantastic meal. We love it. It's just really wow. casual. You roll it out on the butcher paper and have at it. It's a it's a fun way to commune and have a meal together. Okay, you had me at butter, but Greg, how how delicious does that sound? It, it sounds spectacular. Yeah, and thanks for doing that right at lunchtime. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Dr. Rhonda confirms what Greg was suspicious or, or what he thought. She's at the Grand Canyon listening in. Rhonda, you've got to send us some pictures. I bet it's gorgeous. Katan, great to see you via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Look forward to also your thoughts. And yes, Shelly. That does sound delicious and has made us all very, very hungry. Me at Andouille Sausage. Yes. <laughs> as long Any, as we have some I don't know what it is about Andouille Sausage and seafood, but it's yeah, just it's natural, right? Great combination. All right. So we can check the box on baseball. We can check the box on box on delicious food. Let's talk supply chain. Let's start with some level setting, Rick. I think, you know, when we hear the phrase, much like, much like CEO, when we hear the phrase chief supply chain officer, folks make assumptions and. And, you know, in terms of what you do day in and day out, week in, week out, tell us about your role at the Clorox company, Rick. Yeah. So I'm the chief supply chain officer, as you noted, I'm responsible for about 6,000 of the company's 9,000 people. That's an awesome responsibility and I love it. And obviously over these last couple of years, it's been an even more important responsibility as we've navigated through this pandemic together. We, we operate in 21 countries. We sell Clorox products in more than a hundred countries and the supply chain for us is everything from sourcing through the consumer. So sourcing, planning, internal, external manufacturing, engineering, quality assurance, health, safety, environment, regulatory, continuous improvement, supply chain strategy, it's uh, logistics is included in that. So everything you can think of that is uh, as part of the supply chain is, is under my purview. And, you know, maybe just a few words about Clorox, if I, if I could, you sure, know, we're point. 7.3 billion dollar consumer packaged goods brands that you probably know and love like disinfecting wipes and Clorox liquid bleach but maybe some you don't know Kings for charcoal is one of our brands a fresh up cat litter glad hidden valley ranch dressings and sauces bird of water filtration Burt's bees those those are all part of the, the Clorox portfolio and 90% of our products are either number 1 or a strong number 2 in their category and a fun fact about Clorox is we have super high household penetration. 90% of U.S. households have at least one Clorox product in them. So we're on a very short list of companies that, that can say that. And we're also, yeah, we're also one of the most trusted brands in the U.S. Morning Consult just named us the third most trusted brand. And we routinely get featured by the Wall Street Journal as one of the best run companies in the U.S. in their, in their survey. So we're really, we're really proud of all that. And we're we're most grateful for the trust that people place in the, in the Clorox brands and, and in us. 
Well, Rick, I appreciate, I think, I think you probably surprised many folks, especially when it comes to your portfolio, but Greg, as, as we've shared after our, our last conversation with Rick over the last four or five years, six years, whatever it's been, we've had a great opportunity not to talk, not just with Rick and interact and, and meet them, but, but a, a variety of other Clorox leaders across supply chain they had the opportunity right. to tour one of their plants and Man, it is all about deeds, not words. You can see the culture, and we're going to talk about some of the the hallmarks of, of what makes the Clorox company so successful. But it it it's very real. At least that's been my takeaway, Greg. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I was thinking about all those brands. Virtually every one that you mentioned is in is in our house. And you know, Rick, thank you by the way for doing such a great job with supply chain because then you and I don't have to hear from my wife about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things that really stand out to me and that's that the CEO of Clorox doesn't just know what supply chain is really engages and, and cares about it and makes it and has made it even before the pandemic, a part of the strategic planning, the strategic structure of the organization. And that to me, you know, it, it is a key. That's an absolute key. A lot of companies are seeking that recognition yeah. now. Clorox has had it for a long time. And we have been talking, Rick, for, I don't know, is it four years, three, three four years? And I'm curious over that three or four or more years, I mean, maybe there's something you learned before the pandemic or something that you saw that has changed dramatically in the last several years. I have a feeling a lot of it has been in the last couple of years, but I wonder if you've seen kind of an evolution and then this incredible disruption that caused change or or, or were, were we pretty much status quo until the pandemic hit? Yeah. Let, let me come to your question just a second. Just another word about Linda Rundle, our CEO. Linda is fantastic in her role. I can't imagine anybody guiding us better and leading us better through this most amazing last couple of years. She was actually part of our supply chain team back in her career. She spent a couple of years in our logistics organization. So. And her appreciation for supply chain started before that role, continued after that role. And she's a, a great advocate and supporter. And you know, the best part of it is she, she also knows a lot about it. So she's able to challenge us appropriately as well and thrive on that. Love that. I love that. The view of the broader spectrum and can, and can relate to how supply chain contributes to that. Right. That's That's fantastic. She's probably one of one CEOs that came out of supply chain. Mm. I mean. There may be a few others, but, but very few in big CPG company. Yes. Hey, really quick, Rick, before you address the evolution and the change that Greg was, was posing to you, I want to share a couple of quick comments. Nikki Scott Anderson's back with us. Nikki's doing some fascinating stuff across Africa, really empowering folks from all walks of life to get into transportation logistics. So Nikki, great to see you here today. Huli is back. She says Clorox to the rescue. I love that. Great to see you here today. Dr. Rhonda. She didn't know all the products that we all rely on in our homes. To your point, Rick and Greg, we got EDL, I'm going to call it, tuned in from Waco, Texas. Great to have you back with us. And finally, Samana is tuned in via LinkedIn. Samana, let us know where you're tuned in from. Great to see you here today. Okay. So to Greg's question, Rick, change and evolution in, in the craft, as Greg loves to call it, which I love. Your thoughts? Yeah, there have been a number of changes, of course. I'm really going to highlight quickly five of them. Predictability, leadership, talent acquisition, resilience, and automation. You know, we think about predictability, as we've seen the last couple of years, the level of disruption in the supply chain is really at an unprecedented level. It's extraordinary. You know, there've been surprises all the way from consumer demand and how that shifted and flowed 
to the interdependencies of the supply chain that have really created a lot of bullwhip effect within the supply chain over multiple rounds. And, and so I would just say predictability is one of those big things that is impacting us these days. Leadership, you know, versus five years ago, I think we all felt like maybe we had a little bit more time to make decisions. We could try and achieve a more perfect set of data. And, you know, let's just say best information mm. versus needing to go fast with imperfect information and then trying to correct and making adjustments after you've made that quick decision. You know, the new normal is demand signals are distorted, that the consumer is changing their mind quite rapidly. And, and this is leading to a number of, a number of disruptions across the supply chain It's requiring different leadership levels. So better real-time visibility, more automation. Those are all things that are key in this, in this leadership space. I would also say talent acquisition is the, is the third area. So, you know, the, the calculus on how we, how we source, attract, onboard and retain individuals in the company and, and all of our companies has changed significantly. And they're really, in my mind, there, there are a number of drivers, but the three that are most predominant is certainly during the pandemic, boomers retired at a faster rate than anybody expected. Right. The second thing that happened was there were about five to 6 million men and they were men who left the workforce for a cash jobs or a gig economy, just didn't return to what we think of as more traditional roles in the supply chain and in other industries. And then last but not least, you know, savings, individual savings grew substantially mm. during the COVID pandemic because of inability to spend money and then right. multiple, multiple rounds of stimulus. And so people have their savings topped off and some just don't feel the need to work. So. These are all things that have kind of layered into this labor bit and labor availability. Okay, man, what a great starting point for this conversation. Greg, pick one or two of those and give us, give me your thoughts on what we're going to share. Yeah, well, gosh, it's hard to pick one, but I think I'll, I'll go, I'll go with, with talent, right? I mean, we had a five, almost 5% unemployment rate in supply chain in 2019, right? And now supply chain jobs are more plentiful. I mean, distribution and manufacturing facilities have increased, especially distribution facilities have increased dramatically. Right. And as Rick said, people are staying away in droves. I, you know, I just did a commentary on this very topic today on LinkedIn and, you know, baby boomers left at, a, they were leaving at an incredible rate anyway, 10,000 a day, leaving the workforce and 3.6 million additional over what was expected left the workforce last year. And, and some of these are brute force jobs or perceived as brute force jobs. Yeah. And in this great generational change, the new generations, they don't want those jobs. Yeah. So it, it's a very difficult time from that standpoint. And I think we're starting to, you know, to come to some new realizations in supply chain of how we're going to have to manage work. I don't even know if you call it workforce, if it's automated in for the future, right? right. Hey, really quick, talking talent. Rick, you may know Shaker, not a rock. Power Engine. Thank you very much, Greg. Chief Supply Chain Officer at American Eagle, also a fellow Georgia Tech alum. We had a chance to sit down with him the other day. And one of his priorities to what Greg and you are both sharing, focused on talent, is creating jobs. Get this crazy notion that people actually want, you know, day in and day out. That is one of his biggest focuses. And you could, you could really feel it. It's palpable his passion. Rick, that seems to be maybe y'all are have, can have some kindred spirits in that regard, huh? We're working on doing the same thing. You know, we're well aware. And Greg, I saw your post. I thought it was spot on, spot on. People oh, do thanks. not, they, they, 
they perceived manufacturing and warehousing jobs as, you know, NAM did a survey maybe a year or two ago. They perceived the jobs as dirty, dimly lit, unsafe, kind of dead end jobs. And of course, what we have in our operations are everything but that. And what I think we have yeah. to do is, is create the environment where people are looking at this as a career destination that has cool technology. So that kind of speaks to my, my point around automation right. and it, it, it's never been more essential in the supply chain. This is not about a cost savings. This is about attracting people who want to come and work at your place because they get to do cool stuff like fly drones and right. you know, maintain robotics and be Iron Man. Yeah. And get, Iron Man. RPA and AI right. capability. So we, we've got to rethink the way that we're sourcing and attracting individuals. And some of it's going to have an automation focus to it. Hammer meets nail, whatever phrase you want to use, Rick, hundred percent, hundred percent. As Jeff Frank would say, I hear that five times each phrase broadcast. And I wish you'd shout it louder and preach it louder for folks in the back, Rick. That's what, you know, that, that as folks are, will piece this together, thinking and visionary thinking and wanting to change the current state is one of the things that separates leadership and an organization at the Clorox company from many others. Okay. Thanks for Greg. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, I think one other realization, and I think it's probably difficult for us, all, all of us here being, I'm presuming Gen Xers and, and having grown up with in a time when you apologize for taking your parents and grandparents and great grandparents jobs with automation or mechanization of some sort. Right. Because those jobs started out as manual. Well, all of those, almost all of those people have left the workforce now, right? There is nobody to apologize to anymore for automation because it's not taking any jobs, Rick, to your point, the dark, dirty, dangerous, and dead end jobs are perfect for automation, right? Yeah. Rather, rather that a, that a robot work in a lights out facility than a human for sure. Right. And, and it allows us then to elevate this, these new generations who want fulfilling and challenging and technological jobs, it allows us to elevate them to those types of jobs rather than having the, them suffer, if you will, through physical labor that really is better done by a machine anyway. Mm, and and that's, that's it's taking no one's job, literally. You, you, no. you all have heard me talk about mindset, skill set, and tool set. And Greg, yes. what you're talking about is, you know, the leadership will to understand and affect the change and understand the change management be necessary as they go through and upskilling and reskilling their associates into this more automated world. And there's going to be plenty of work for everybody. We know Gen X is a smaller generation, not, not too, not too concerned about that. And I, people are hungering for jobs where they can apply their critical thinking skills and problem solving skills differently than something that is repetitive and, and transactional. They're, they're yeah, just right. fewer and fewer people who want that kind of work. Well said really quick, no more carpal tunnel. Right. I mean, think about it. We could, yes. we could actually eliminate carpal tunnel syndrome, right? Yeah. Which is a lot of repetitive work. Yes. Right. If, if you've ever had that and know the pain associated with that, I certainly have, that'd be a great thing to, to, to rid industry of. Greg, I know we're going to keep driving on some other priorities at, at Clorox with Rick in just a moment, but let me share a couple. Amanda and Catherine Chantel, let me know who this is. This might be Cora Cose. Who knows? Just passing through. Hey to Rick. Great to see you, Scott and Greg. You guys know how to get great folks on this program. Hey, we tried to tell you, Rick is the real deal. Uh, his, his nickname is Rick Flair. If you don't know. <laughs> so, the best of the best. Hey, Joey says, lots of great info, Rick. Full cycle challenges. The baby boomer discussion is eye-opening. Automation hopefully will help us repurpose talent into positions they will thrive at and continue to do so. 
Wonderful, Joey. Love that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, Joey. Nick says, it's hard to hear that people are leaving various industries because they don't like the jobs. Over 45% of our population is unemployed in South Africa. I fully support the idea of creating jobs that people want. Man, what a privilege. Well said there, Nikki. And this was uh, so a good point, Scott. Let's, yes. can I address that real quick? Uh, let's understand that the economics of the U.S. are not the economics of the world, and it may be different in different parts of the world, there may still be physical work jobs available. I'm what I'm not, I don't think what Scott or Scott or Rick or I are saying is automate, right. And just automate, right. But to the extent that you can't fill those jobs with human beings and they can be automated, automate it, elevate human beings to those things that Rick talked about, you know, the things that humans do so well, it's critical thinking to solve urgent and, and critical tasks in rapid, rapid time with too little or inaccurate data. So yeah. that is something that humans can do that, that to date anyway, automation and technology cannot. Yep. Well said. Hey, really quick, close the loop here. This is Steve Vilmetti. Steve Vilmetti is saying hello. Oh, hi, Steve. How are you, Steve? Good to see you. So, all right, we'll keep driving. And sometimes, by the way, to all of our listeners that may be commenting, if you see that LinkedIn profile where your, your profile is not showing up, it's just a security setting on your LinkedIn profile that doesn't allow it to be shared with third-party apps. You can change that so that your profile shows up if you'd like. But Steve, thanks for popping in today. Okay, so Greg, and by the way, Nikki, under 100% of what you just shared there, that clarification. Channeling Thank Jeff you, Greg. for you. That's right. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so Greg, where are we going next with Rick McDonald here? Well, I mean, look, you all have such an incredible leadership team. You have a great leadership philosophy, but also you're very, very good at what you do. And operational excellence is one of your foundational principles as well. So I'm, I'm curious, can you share a little bit about how you are imagining that or reinventing that, that approach? Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about Clorox, and this starts with Linda, our, our CEO and lose run through the organization is this lifetime learner mentality. We're a very curious group of people and we, we, we couple that with continuous improvement thinking and that, that really permeates throughout the entire organization. So, you know, as we, as we think about like, where are we going next in our manufacturing journey, we've come up with this concept of operational excellence. And I'll give Jennifer Richter, who's our VP of manufacturing credit for, for this one. This is really about how do we leverage our assets better and differently? more throughput, better utilization, the ability to step on the gas pedal when we need it the next time. And, and we're looking at, you know, a 5% Kager improvement on, on throughput measured by asset efficiency, labor efficiency, and material utilization in a lot of industries that's called yield. So it really is a very comprehensive look at our manufacturing assets around the globe and figuring out how we can increase associate skills to sweat our assets harder. And, and leverage the leverage the capabilities that we have in our manufacturing plants. We're really excited about this. We think this is the next step in our journey of just just continuing our move towards excellent operations and excellent manufacturing. Mm. I think when you research great investors, right, return on assets, return on capital, those are those are the things that they talk about that build value in companies, right? And I think it's interesting that you all have this mindset, skill set, tool set perspective around your people, the operational excellence perspective, and you, you underpin that with these 
really powerful financial things and seem to do a really good job of balancing because your customers love you. Obviously you're 6,000 people, Rick, I had no idea. I don't know how you have time to cook anything. Look, I'll tell you how I have time. I have a great team. Right. <laughs> right. Great team. Well, yeah. And we've gotten to meet some of those folks and it's dead on that, you know, the, it is definitely a trickle down effect. And I, and I guess that's kind of the point I'm coming to is that because Linda has such a, a great perspective on how to balance all of these things. And, and when you have a leader at the top that can do that, it projects down throughout the organization and it creates that culture of balance and synchronicity that, that you all have. And that's a, you know, that's a rare superpower for any company, but certainly right. difficult to maintain for a company with as many people and with as much market exposure as you have at Clorox. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're also, I would say we are, we are our best critics. Uh, so we're pretty hard on ourselves as well. And, uh, there, there's gotta be a good dose of that in your, in your culture to have this continuous improvement mindset and, and the drive and the will to, to make things better. Yep. Well said. Synchronicity. Mm -hmm. I love that word, Greg. And half the time I can say it and half the time I can't, but orchestration. Half the time it makes me want to start singing, singing a, a police song. All right. As long as you, as long as you don't sing Roxanne, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eddie Murphy uh, has got that one. Right. He's got Nailed. that market cornered. Really quick, Dr. Rhonda, going back to, uh, she says, carpal tunnel issues less common is definitely a plus for the manufacturing workforces. I agree. Let's continue to stimulate creatively in the workplaces, more fulfilling work of service and contributions that support our collective success and well-being. That was poetic, Rhonda. I love that. Keeping supply chain sane. That's, that's Dr. Rhonda's job. That's right. right. That's what, that's what she does. Health. <laughs> and wellness guru for sure. Okay, so let's, I wanna talk about labor, labor, labor. We've already talked about it some. Rick, as you know, the topic of labor and workforce dominates many of our conversations that we're having, not just across global supply chain, but global business. Can you share, and I love one of the biggest truths you've already shared with us is that you're, 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 you and your team are your own biggest critics. We've seen that and we've seen that in conversations. We always take away, that continuous improvement, there's no finish line. And that, that seems to be alive and well in the Clorox organization. Can you share a few thoughts, though, around Clorox's approach to navigating this crazy labor, labor market we all find ourselves in? Yeah, I sure can. And, and, and before I get into that, Scott, well, maybe as a part of that, I would just go back and plug Greg's post on LinkedIn today. Again, I thought it was spot on. It's capturing the essence of, in part, why we're having trouble sourcing people for manufacturing and logistics jobs. Right. And uh, there, there's a little bit of a recipe in there as well for the types of things that we have to do to make those more career destinations versus just somebody passing through or maybe not even thinking about us at all. Yep. Right. You, you know, for, for us, we're, we're a strategy led company and our current strategy is Ignite. And a key element of that strategy is putting people at the center. And one of the best things I've always loved about Clorox is I don't know about everybody else, but I know for us, these are more than words on a piece of paper. These are the things that we live every single day. And putting people at the center for us means we pay attention to employment, employee engagement scores. So we have higher engagement scores than most of our CPG peers. And, and frankly, most of a lot of other companies that are, that are well-known and global in nature. So we benefit from a highly engaged workforce are, we do well in the, in the Bloomberg Gen, gender equity index. We do well as a sustainable company. So we get listed by Barron's as one of the most hundred best sustainable companies in the mm -hmm. U S and all those things contribute to a culture where when people come and they experience us, they generally want to, they want to stay. Now, 
Having said that, we're having the same challenges attracting, onboarding, retaining people in our, especially in our manufacturing operations. And so the current environment is, is really a huge driver for us to rethink how do we source people? Where do we source them? How do we leverage social media in all of its various forms? I, right. I find that's, that's not a place where we have a lot of expertise just yet. But I would say we're experimenting with all forms of media and trying to find what's working in the local communities where we operate. And that's, that's what we're going to continue to do. I think we'll have, we'll have some, some efforts that result in the right kind of, of talent acquisition that may work in one place and not in another. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be very, we're going to be center led, but we're going to be very focused on the local requirements and what appeals to people in those areas. You know, in a lot of our, a lot of our towns and cities, we are the largest employer. We are the employer of choice. It's not so true in some of the metropolitan area where people have lots more choices. And that's, that happens to be where some of our bigger plants are and, and where we're focusing our attention at the moment. Mm. Gosh, I love how you're reinventing many aspects. It sounds like to me of the talent strategy to, to, to navigate through this market. I want to pose a question. And I'm going to pose this to Rick and to Greg, and this comes from Katan. So Katan is asking, Katan, let us know where you're tuned in from via LinkedIn. If you had some succinct advice you'd give someone that wants to break into supply chain and make a successful career, become, you know, uh, a beloved chief supply chain officer for one of the world's most admired brands, what would be one piece of succinct advice for Katan? I want to ask both of y'all this question. Who would like to bat lead off? for Catan here. Greg, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Sure. What would you share? What, what piece of advice would you share with Catan? Yeah, I would say study supply chain principles, you know, reach out to just about anybody, reach out to Rick, reach out to just about anybody in supply chain, you know, and, and be able to express what your gifts are. When studying supply chain principles, I want, I want you to forget three foundational principles that have undermined supply chain from the beginning of time. Cost is the primary driver. You are not forecasting items. You are forecasting the customer. And lastly, oh my gosh, I hope I can pull this out of my mind really quickly. Shoot. And it, this is the biggest one, but now, all things being equal. It's oh, right yes, that. that's right. Forget about that term. All other things being equal. Thank you, Scott, because they never are. Right. And those are all three of those things are taught in virtually every supply chain text on the planet. When, when you're talking about all kinds of things, we forecast items. Even the beer game is wrong. We're forecasting beer. We're not yeah. forecasting beer drinkers. We need to be mm. forecasting the beer drinkers or the grill, ma- grill masters if you're at Clorox, right? So that's right. that's right. Those three foundational principles need to be upended. But other than that, there is a ton of valuable information to learn. And there are many, many, regardless of where you are in the world, there are many people to talk to. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. And what, what I would pair with that is yep. get started on some practical experience. There are lots of places where you can have a supply chain experience, whether, you know, pick something you think is going to get you up in the morning or you want to learn about that just seems intriguing, whether it's manufacturing or logistics or sourcing or engine, you know, whatever your, whatever your interest is and maybe where your capability is, get going yep. and get in there and learn. And what you'll find is once you get in, it'll open up other vectors of the supply chain for you to consider. You'll learn more about other parts of the supply chain and the interconnectedness of this end-to-end animal that we have here. And it will spark your curiosity, likely 
to want to go and explore other parts of the supply chain. So that, that would be my advice and on top of Greg's. Love that. And Catan, yeah. yeah, you, you got to become a seren, serendipity manufacturing plant, right? You got to create your own luck. You got to get real get That's creative. Really good. Yeah. 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 I would try. You got to get real creative with how you put yourself out there and make those connections. You know, as I mentioned that Shaker interviewed the other day, he created a video resume for his first ever position. It was seven months out of Georgia Tech. He couldn't find a job. He created, took a chance and sent in a video resume to the Coca-Cola company. And that's, and now he's a chief supply chain officer like Rick. So man, don't take no, get creative, create your own luck. And uh, just if one door shuts, one window shuts, closes, look for the next seven to open. So thank you. Yeah, that was a really good, yeah, that was a good question, Katan. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So lots of big fans of of the answers y'all have shared. By the way, we did drop Greg's post, which Rick has referenced. Hey, if Rick McDonald likes a post around here, we're going to share it and share it 7,000 more times. I'm Uh, kidding. right now <laughs> right like big autograph or something okay yeah exactly <laughs> let's keep driving so we're we were talking about the labor market and you shared some of the cool things that you are doing some of the neat innovative things different things you're doing to navigate it let's talk about one of the cultural traits that the market has has referenced and recognized that the clorox company y'all developed quite the reputation for being able to demonstrate organizational responsiveness. And Greg, I'm going to say it, our word, resilience. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cliche for a reason. We all need more, much more resilience. We learned just in the last couple of years, just how fragile as many leaders have acknowledged that global supply chain can be. You know, when, you, when you've got this responsiveness and resilience that you find in companies like Clorox, you're in a better position to respond to all the curveballs and surprises that comes with global yep. business. So Rick, two-part question here. Would love to get your thoughts on the importance of this, this trait that, that folks recognize in Clorox. And then secondly, how has that become baked into, into the organization? How can other business leaders you know, try to do the same? It's a, it's a really interesting thing. It was innate in us, I would say, but not as finely tuned or exploited, if you will, until the pandemic hit. And then it was really, we were just thrust into the middle of it. I can't say we actively planned it or somehow we said, Hey, this is, this is how we're, but we had to do it. We had to do it. We had to do it to keep our people safe and healthy in our manufacturing plant as an essential business, making life-saving products. It was just critical that we kept our manufacturing plants running at a time of huge uncertainty. And what we learned we could do was make a lot of decisions a lot faster without as much information. In fact, sometimes with information that six months before we would have said is totally insufficient, go back and figure out the business case and then come back when you've got things dotted and crossed. Hmm. And I'm, that's probably one of the things I'm the most proud of. We kept our people safe. We kept them healthy. We didn't have any COVID transmissions in our facilities during the entire COVID period, which is a testament to the leaders and our associates and, you know, some, some work that we got from an epidemiologist, we put on staff to help us kind of see around a couple of corners. We, when we didn't even know where the corners were, we feel really blessed by, by that. We, we created a, some emergency pay for our associates. So they didn't feel well at work. They didn't have to come to work and they still got mm. paid. So they didn't, we weren't forcing them to show up to maintain their compensation when, when they weren't feeling well. And then with, with the huge demand for products, we had to increase capacities and we installed from November to February with an empty space in, in one of our wipes plants to a completely automated line that doubled our capacity for Clorox disinfecting wipes. 
We did that in nine months and we did it with 175 contractors, most of whom came from international locations, working with the U.S. State Department, working with the White House Supply Chain Task Force and really leveraging every single bit of gravitas that we had with, with anybody to, to bring this thing up in, in nine months. It's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment for our technical and our manufacturing team. So these are the types of things that we really found ourselves moving into. And these days, what we're doing is just continuing that approach of reminding ourselves we don't need everything ticked and tied. We don't need a second decimal place numbers to be able to proceed. We're going to get a lot of things right. We're not going to get everything right. But the, uh, the trick is when you don't get the things right, you come back very quickly, you adjust, you adapt, you demonstrate flexibility. And in this environment, that's, that's absolutely a key leadership trait that we're valuing a lot. Okay, Greg, there's so much there. Man, we're going to have to bolt on three more hours. But Greg, I'm going to get your take. I've got a time. Quick. You got <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no way, Rick. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. But hey, really quick, you know, all of that starts... I would, I would assume, I would, I would propose with a leadership team that's committed to taking care of their people, which is one of the things that Rick mentioned, you know, people are being at the center of all they do. You know, the, the, the other short list, you gave us a three point short list of true values. Last time we chatted, people at center that all you do, do the right thing, do the right thing while you're still thirdly playing to win. And as I hear all of those moves that, that y'all have made in recent years with the immense focus on taking care of your people, it is just remarkable. So folks, if you want to learn how to do it, you start with being committed to doing it. Greg, your thoughts. You know, as Rick, as you were talking, I could not help but think the awesome responsibility that you all had second to none, at least until the, the vaccine started coming out. I mean, your job was not only to keep your people safe, but to keep the people of the entire world safe. I mean, what do you think people were reaching for when, right? When they were cleaning, right? So just an awesome responsibility, an incredible uptick in demand because of that great, what do I want to say? Like pop-up factory innovations and things like that. I imagine, I imagine Clorox trucks rolling into town like a revival's got, right? <laughs> and, and all of a sudden there's a factory there, but you know, I think that, I think that the thing that people need to recognize is that this is one of the companies, not the people with products, not that people wanted, but that right. people had to have, and they, they were able to deliver on that. And that is incredibly valuable. I mean, you and Linda and all of the rest of your team are not as famous as you should be, even as famous as Park, you're not as famous as you should be for doing that. Because I just think about you know, what were we talking about? If you're going to go back to the office, if you're going to go to anywhere, it has to be cleaned. Right. Right. And yeah, I just, so like, you know, I can't, can't, I, it, it's hard to overstate the value of that. It's that remarkable. Service, really. It's like a supply chain bedtime story, right? The uplifts inspires and challenges folks to do better. Hey, really quick, Rick, you know, people clearly going to be a big theme of the conversation. We know we've seen it time and time again. That's one of the favorite parts of what you do is, is recognizing people, especially all of them. But you, know, you have a lot of tenured team members at Clorox. And I'll never forget one of my favorite aspects of, our, of one of our previous uh, conversations was around a team member. I think he was based out in one of your California plants. He's been interviewed. I believe it's NBC News. And yeah. I'm a paraphrase here, but this is the height of the pandemic. And the gentleman said, you know, when I go into work now, we're on a mission. We're on a mission and that goodness gracious, if 
Could you imagine if, if, if Greg, if to hear someone that works for your team to say that and be committed, Rick, speak to that if you would. Well, it's, it's a, it was a really great segment with Lester Holt and uh, we were honored to be able to participate in that. And we had several associates who were interviewed for, for that segment. And they spoke the, the hearts and minds of the rest of us, which was we were on a mission and we were really after making sure that we were protecting millions and millions of people and, and families around the world, whether it was a medical center or a hospital or individuals in their homes, or maybe if they were going to work. And we, we, we took that mission very, very seriously. And you could hear it in the voices of those who were, who were interviewed. We didn't really do a whole lot of coaching with them at all. It was just, you know, talk about what you're experiencing and, and what you're feeling as you come to work every day. And, and they did just a fantastic job of representing the rest of us. And it, it's carried through to today. We realize we have some very important products in people's lives. And, you know, not only our disinfecting products, but our products like Kings for Charcoal, Hidden Valley Ranch and Glad and Britta, Burt's Bees, they make people's lives better. And while we're a health and wellness company, we recognize these other brands also are very predominant in people's lives and helping them live a more fulfilled life. And the purpose of the brands really gets played out in people's homes day after day and week after week. Yep. Greg, you're I can tell you Kingsford's hickory chunks. They make my life better. Unquestionably. Right. Excellent. Yeah, they're great. They're great. <laughs> Which, hey, and, and to further that point, we just got a, one of those electric smokers and I picked up a bag of Kingsford Ooh. apple chips and hickory chips. Holy cow, made some chicken drumsticks, made some baby back ribs, and family was just falling out. It was a game changer. Game changer. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for that. No, you bet. All right. So, Greg, Rick, look, I've got a Rick McDonald tattoo. I'm very, you know, I, I wear my feelings on my sleeves. We've had the opportunity to see and engage with Rick and his team behind the scenes, and we do some of the stuff in front of the camera. But you see, what you hear is what you get. Very authentic leader, very authentic company. But Greg, what has been your favorite part? At last, he was just talking about his team and getting interviewed. And I mean, your response to what Rick was just sharing there. So I think if I remember this correctly, Rick, you had either spoken to one of those people or maybe even worked in a plant or visited their plant of one of the people that got interviewed on, on that. And, and that's the thing that's one of the things that really cements the culture of Rick and the, and the Clorox company is he's out there in the field. He's done it, still doing it. I think, I think one aspect you haven't really shared here is you really like being in the plant. You like meeting the team. You like seeing the operations go and it, it, it's kind of like, it feels like at times it's kind of your happy place or one of them. And I think having an op a strategic leader who has such a passion for the operations of the organization is really incredibly valuable and it bridges that gap between culture and operations performance and, and, you know, higher purpose. So I think that's, you know, that's, what's so encouraging about what they do. I, agree. Well, I appreciate those. Yeah. I appreciate those kind of words, Greg. And you're right. I do love being in the operations. You know, these days in my role, it's, it's a little bit less about like, how are things going day to day, week to week? It's more about what are the barriers and the roadblocks that somebody has put in front of the team that's keeping them from getting to their objectives and how can I help yeah. them solve that? So that's, that's the thing that I'm going to, when I, when I go into our operations, I'm listening for the most, how can I help? It's also a great chance. And we did this several times through the pandemic, although not as much as we wanted to, but it's a great chance to get in and just say thank you to people for all they contribute every day, but certainly what they've contributed over the past couple of years, you know, 
we had volume on some SKUs that was 500% of our normal demand. We were running 24 seven. We did as much as we could to produce as much product as possible. Right. And you know, that, that, that was, that was a result of people just having the will to keep showing up day after day after day and grind it out. And we're really grateful that they, they did that for us. Absolutely. The, the global community is. All right. I'm going to share a couple last comments and then we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with Rick and the Clorox company. Shashi, going back to the word resilience, says that the, the word from the dictionary was reinvented during COVID, which was the talk of the town across all the boardrooms. Continue, it still is, right? So important to, to realize that in a, in a meaningful operational way. Dr. Rhonda Rick, that's incredible. Congrats on keeping those 6,000 team members safe. Julia's talking about growing green product demand. We'll have to circle back on that perhaps, uh, Julia. There's a whole uh, line of products. Uh, that's right. Clorox. That's uh, right. Greenworks, right? Is green work? Greenworks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's right. Samana is talking about the sustainable supply chain. Of course, we're, we're, that is front in mind for so many people. Dr. Rhonda, get this. Says, damn. She's cursing. <laughs> she is cursing. I'm a bigger fan of the brand now. Healthy workplace company with perspectives and a culture that is living in a way that values humanity. Thankful for listening in today. And hello, Alu Waloni. Great to see you here today via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Okay. So I think we have, we've added Greg to our Rick McDonald fan club. We've added to the membership roster, I feel like today, which was part of my purpose. But I really mean, I'm kidding aside, you know, we're big fans and and in all earnestness, and being genuine about it, I admire, I, look, I admire real leaders that practice deeds, not words. And, mm -hmm. and, and you can see, do the right thing, even if it's painful at times, time and time again, that that's I always big, be big fans of those types of leaders. And Rick, I appreciate how you embody that, but how can folks connect with Rick? How can they learn more about the Clorox company? Yeah. You know, the best way to do it, a couple of different ways. First of all, you can find me and the Clorox company on LinkedIn. And then if you want to look at our company, learn more about us, learn more about our brands, our brand purpose, and look for career opportunities, you can do that at thecloroxcompany.com. And uh, we invite everybody who's, uh, who's interested to come and come and join us. We, uh, we think a lot of our Ignite strategy, and we think that uh, joining the company, you can ignite your career if you're, if you're interested in doing so. We'd love to have you. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, Rick McDonald, on behalf of our entire team, thank you for spending another yeah. hour with us here. We know how busy you are, but Greg, we mean it. Rick brings it each and every time. He's like, uh, he's like Dansby Swanson here lately, huh? <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel like one of those people in the front row at a concert going berserk, right? But I mean, it, it's true. I mean, I, from the very first time we met Rick in a professional setting and, and you could see, we... Should I talk about, should we swish him out? So I can talk about him. Let's do that. I'm going to talk about you to your face, Rick. <laughs> and the very first time we could, you know, we could see the, the genuine authenticity of, of your leadership style and how effective it had been and, and continues to be. And we didn't even know what the potential was until pandemic hit and the, some task of, of keeping 6,000 people safe during that time and helping all the rest of us be safe is is so incredible and, and, and that it's such a huge part of the culture of the company. It's, it's just exciting. I think companies like Clorox leaders like Rick and Linda and, and the rest of the leadership team at Clorox, they will have a better time of it as they try to add to their rosters, right. For, you know, for whether they be supply chain or sales or other roles, because the, the, 
culture of the company is so evident and so genuine that yep. it's just undeniable, right? You guys, yeah, th I mean, just don't know what to say. Thank you so much for the kind words. I'm very appreciative of that. I also want to acknowledge my team who has stayed together through all this. Nobody's given up the rope. Nobody's left. Mm -hmm. We've just all, all been grinding away. And it's a testament to them as to what we've been able to accomplish. And I thank you a lot for the time that we had today and the chance to get to talk with you guys again. Really enjoyed it. Wonderful. Yeah, our so much more to cover. Fascinating hour with you. Really appreciate all you shared in a very transparent manner. And we'll see you again here really soon. Rick McDonald, Senior Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer with the Clorox Company. Thanks, Rick. Man. Okay, folks, we told you. That's all, that's all I know to say, Rick, Greg, is we told you. He is, he is, you know, much like, and Greg, as I think about it, you know, we've had a chance, of course, to sit back down with Rick. We've had a chance to sit down with Tanya Jackson, Chief Delivery Officer with Lexmark last week for the second time. I mentioned the Shaker, not a Ranjan, which we're publishing in probably next week or so. The approachability and the down to earth, keeping it real while changing in many ways, changing the current state, in some cases, changing industry. And that, that's, that is a common theme amongst you know, these three senior leaders that's extremely valuable. Yeah, I think you, when you, you know, when you talk to leaders of, of really powerful companies, they're going to be really powerful leaders and, and what seems, and they treat very much like second nature or ho-hum, it's just my job, right? <laughs> the more they treat it like that, it seems like the better they are. They don't, you know, they don't have to repeat it, but, but you're right. I mean, we have had, we've had a, a number of leaders as we've kind of started to expose more and more of these supply chain practitioners. Had a, had a number of these leaders who are clearly authentic and properly focused and equipped to, you know, to do fantastic things for their yep. people, for their companies and for their customers. So it's, yeah, it's inspirational. That's it's been right. a good week and a half, right? It's I mean, a great week, great week and a half, great, great year, you know, to have these conversations because it really, they are taking our industry to a whole new place while persevering old and new challenges in ways that, that, you know, we've never seen before. So folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the great comments. Shashi, I appreciate your feedback. Thanks for your earlier comments. Leah, great to have you back here today. Dr. Rhonda, wow, in, a, in an elevated mood now. People like Rick, get this, wow, man. Rhonda might be a bigger fan than me, I don't know. People like Rick make our planet a wonderful place to live and work in together. Thanks, Scott and Greg, for having this segment today. Well, hey, just think about that. She's listening to this being elevated while she's standing at one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Right. 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 So, Sylvia. Awesome. I can't even Sylvia. imagine that feeling. That's right. Sylvia w w was with us on Monday. She says, staying true and humble. Very well said. Agreed. Okay. Got to leave it there, folks. Thanks for joining us here today. Big thanks to Rip McDonald yeah. and Molly and the rest of the, the Clorox company team for all their facilitation. Big thanks to our production team, Chantel, Amanda, Catherine, Clay, you name it, for helping to make the show happen here today. Thanks for everybody that showed up and brought it, as always. Greg, always a pleasure to do these conversations and do these shows. Yeah, with you. But folks, it's time to act. There's no time like the present. So Scott Luton, our team challenging you to do good, to give forward and to be the change that's needed. Be like Rick McDonald, and the world will be a better place. You'll have a great time. We'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com, and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 
See you next time on Supply Chain Now.